Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM. And we are streaming live at WCEV1450.com. If you are new to the Radio Islam family, we welcome you. Thanks for tuning in. We're on every night from 6 to 7 p.m. Central. You can keep up with us by following and liking our pages on social media. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. And you can catch up on those episodes that you have missed out on or you want to re-listen wherever you get your podcast. So if that's iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, SoundCloud, you'll find us at that same username. That's at Radio Islam USA. Now, those of you who want to uh, you want to go old school, right? You don't want to tweet. You don't want to post on our Facebook wall. You can give us a call throughout the course of tonight's discussion. If you'd like to make a comment or pose a question, you can do so at 312-750-1178. That is 312-750-1178. All right, Radio Sound family, you are in for a... Uh, a really quick hour, as always, right? This is, we're already just about 10 minutes into it. But tonight, uh, we have the pleasure of having with us in studio Chicago mayoral candidate, J. Maul Green. Um, and I had his age down there, but I'm not sure if he's... <laughs> he, he, his countenance says he's a little bit older than, than 22. Are you, are, you, are you 22? 22. I'll be 23 in a couple of weeks. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, but he is uh, an activist, an entrepreneur. His activism and efforts have been, uh, they've reached national and international audiences. Uh, he's a leading voice at the forefront of the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, Green was handpicked by, the Bern- by Bernie Sanders to serve as his official surrogate. We're going to ask some questions about that. Uh, during the senator's groundbreaking 2016 campaign, uh, he's a frequent panelist on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, ABC, CBS, and BBC. And now he's hit the big time. He is here at Radio Islam. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Green is also the founder of Majesty All-Stars, uh, and this is a urban youth center uh, with the mission of empowering underprivileged youth and encouraging self-improvement through training, mentoring, and guidance. Uh, we welcome you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. All right. All right. So uh, let's, let's dive right in. I want to just kind of go back to 2016 and yeah. talk about the, uh, the presidential run, um, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders' run, and him selecting you as a surrogate. What did that entail? What was that experience like? Yeah. Well, uh, coming up, you know, from being an activist, especially after the Kwame McDonald video happened, right. and being one of those, uh, you know, leaders who uh, spoke truth to power and holding Rahm Emanuel's feet to the fire, mm-hmm. uh, Bernie Sanders wanted somebody like that on his campaign. <laughs> you know, he saw the platform that I was able to build off of saying what was right. Um, and he, you know, he, he, he saw my organizing potential, um, and he, he wanted me to become a surrogate for him. Um, and I, I really considered it, uh, because politics wasn't something that I was looking into, especially being an activist, you know, it's just, we, we, we would just, um, you know, hold their feet to the fire and go to their house if we need to. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, and uh, he said, no, we, we, we welcome that. We want to empower those who are doing this type of work, those who have the love for the communities that are spending their time trying to serve them to uh, be a part of this administration. And um, I traveled with him. I spoke before him in all his rallies of 20,000 people where 90 percent of them were people under the age of 25, you know, young people uh, Mm -hmm. that were at these rallies. And um, it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life, being able to meet people all over the country and see how issues um, are not just the same in Chicago, but they're the same all over the country. And uh, being able to speak about how we're going to progress them um, and give everyone a fair chance in, in this country, I think, was amazing. And, and uh, I definitely do it again. I think I'll be on a presidential <laughs> trail again after I win this mayoral, mayoral race. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> so that experience, that changed your your perception as far as the yeah. – the, the relationship between activism and politics? Did you definitely. feel before that, that that you had to be one or the other? Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people still feel that same way. Um, yeah. and, you know, and, 
even in the civil rights days, you know, it was always, um, you know, you, you either on the activist side or you're on the political side, don't right. intertwine them, you know? And, um, now I just feel that in the time that we are and the environment that we are in, um, those who are activists, those who are advocates, who are uh, in these communities fighting for what's right, deserve to be in these political seats because those are the ones who can't be compromised, who are willing to make those sacrifices, um, who will move forward their district community or, or in my case, city. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that, that's, that's, I guess, that mindset kind of change um, with being on the trail with Bernie Sanders and him embracing um, activists and, and organizers around the country. Mm-hmm. Was there a, um, was there a, I guess, uh, kind of a, a singular lesson that you took from that time with him? Um, I don't know if it was a singular lesson. Um, I, I think, you know, one of the biggest things that stood out to me during the trail was how uneducated um, minorities are around the country when it comes to politics and policy. Um, I think that was a big thing to me, especially, and it is really dependent on the region that you are in in the country right. um, and the gap between education levels. And, and so they're not teaching civic engagement in schools. They're not teaching, you know, uh, what a mayor, what a governor, what a president does, their duties. And so people are not having that knowledge, which is making us really disconnected from politics altogether because if people don't know that these policies and issues directly affect me or this person is going to be in control of these uh, issues that directly affect me, um, uh, then they won't go and vote because they don't know, you know, uh, uh, that these certain people that they're voting for actually has a, a real impact on their life and their kids' lives. Right, right. And so that was the main thing that stood out to me is, is how vastly uneducated we are on policy. And I want to do more of educating uh, minorities all around the country um, on politics and push for legislation that ha- that that pushes for civic engagement to be taught in schools from a young age, so that coming out of school people are understanding of politics and policy and of political positions. So I think that's just important. Well, that was the case a generation ago. Yeah, uh, that, that certainly was, uh, and we see that it not being the standard that uh, yeah. that we suffer because of it. Yeah. So. Uh, you mentioned Laquan McDonald, right? Yeah. And we're still waiting to see what is going to years, be the end later. result, right? Yeah. And um, uh, is there a particular watershed moment moment that you can look back to that signifies your um, uh, that signals your entry into activism? Yeah, I, I don't know if it was a moment. I think um, you know, right at, right before the video released, um, Mayor Emanuel pulled in leaders and organizations from around the city. Mm-hmm. into a meeting i was invited and i went to one of them and basically the mayor says you know videos can come out keep people calm and um you know what, what do you mean by that you know what do you mean just go keep people calm you know what is your plan on how you gonna reform the police department what is your plan on your transparency going forward what is your plan on uh, the investment into communities of, of color around a, around a city. You know, none of that was said. It was just keep people calm, go out there and do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, where's puppets and whatever, whatever you guys need, I got you. Go out there and keep people calm. And I think that was that moment. You know, I said, all right, you know, I never liked the mayor in the first place. My company was partnered with the city when I was 18 because of – Ken Bennett, who was Chancellor Rapper's dad and um, a mentor of mine for years. and But I've never liked Ron Emanuel uh, from the beginning. I've always thought he was very, um, uh, just not a nice person. He has a bad personality, um, a little sleazy at times. And, and so. Um, and I want, I want I to rally- interject real quick and just yeah. say that um, if the mayor, Mayor Emanuel, you would like, to, we'd love to have you on Radio Slam <laughs> to, uh, to go ahead and, and share your perspectives. Yeah, <laughs> so he, he we, ain't coming. So, <laughs> if, <laughs> so um, I was a big supporter of Chewy, and, and I campaigned with him during the last election. And my company's part with City after he um, lost. Um, right. And uh, just at that moment after that meeting, you know, it was, uh, you know, I actively spoke out against him. And. Um, uh, started organizing and saying, this, this not right. You know, we have to do what's right. Mm-hmm. This is Chicago. I was chosen. You know, the, it was the time, and then the people chose me, and, and it wasn't nothing that I planned to do. 
Um, and it was just something that was a need that I filled. And people all over the city of Chicago was looking to me for leadership. Oh, you mean um, as far as, gave, as far as, as running? Far as, no, as far as activism goes. Oh, okay. okay you know, I wasn't chosen. To, I mean, I was chosen to be an activist. I, I didn't choose to be an activist. And, yeah. um, um, and, and I think, I don't know, I think many leaders around uh, from in time, um, weren't weren't planning to lead a movement. You know, I think it was just the cause at hand and the push from people that needed something um, to get behind. So, right. uh, that that was kind of that moment that may push me to, I guess, um, lead. Right. I wouldn't right. say be right. an activist because that's <laughs> a media term that they love to use in us, but yeah. just lead. Try to lead our people forward or lead our people to what's right. 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 Um. When we look at some of the issues that that we would say are pervasive within communities of, of color, not just in the not just in Chicago, but around the country, yeah. right? We're dealing with uh, violence. Uh, we're dealing with, yeah. um, well, I, I just call it state-sanctioned violence. We're yeah. dealing with police violence in our communities. Yeah. Um, what are some as as a younger um, as a, as a younger man? Right. What are some of the things that that you see that need to be done? Yeah. Um, in regard to this, because I, I can say this at at, the, at I'm, I'm in my mid forties now, so yeah. I'm looked at not totally different, right? But there there is a difference I feel now at this age than I did at at, at twenty two, twenty three years old. Yeah. Um, so being kind of in the thick of it, what are some of the what are some of the observations that you have on dealing with this issue that's not just here but also around the country? Well, it's going to take for us to create inclusive communities and. Um, um, something I call reimagine Chicago's future. So basically, I mean, there's so many levels to uh, violence, and, and I've spoken out about it a lot of this is uh, we have to get to the root cause, right? Police officers um, cannot solve violence. Right? They're reactionary. They're, they're called to scenes. You know, they're, they're, not, they're, they're not preventative, and we have to make sure that we are invested in the preventative measures to reduce violence. Mm-hmm. Number one, we got to make sure that we have neighborhoods that have investment, all right, uh, because we don't. Uh, we have these TIF funds who that are going into um, uh, other – it's supposed to have been for blighted communities, that, and it's now turning into a slush one for the mayor. We need a financial tool that's going to make sure neighborhoods – uh, of color get the same opportunity uh, for investment uh, mm-hmm. around the city, south and west sides. Right. Um, and I, I believe I, I'm coming up with a new tool. Uh, it's like link development, right, where pennies on a dollar from that go downtown goes into a fund to help out the south and the west side communities and spur um, uh, economic development and economic engines in those communities. So we need investment. We need to bring corporations, grocery stores, um, uh, uh, things that will create thousands of do- uh, uh, thousands of jobs and help to sustain a community and sustain businesses. We have to invest in neighborhood schools. Every family, uh, you know, w- when you decide to have a family, you want to raise a family, you look at the school system, right? You look at the area and and see the investment and see if you have access to the to the things that you need, whether that is a store, whether it's transportation, whether that is a job. And you look at that school system because you want your kid to go to a good school. And we should not have to ship our kids to uh, selective enrollment or to another school out that's far from their community um, uh, just for them to get the proper education. Schools in Inglewood should be just as good as schools in Ravenswood. But that's going to take for us to make sure we got a, a proper number of staff members because right now we don't with 36 or 37 average when the average is around the country is 56, mm-hmm. which is why there are 40 kids in a classroom that don't learn the same. So we're right. essentially failing those kids. Lack of clinical staff members. You may have one or none that deal with mental health uh, or counselors in these schools. Mm-hmm. And if they come out the home, uh, they're going to go into the school. If they don't get the, that help in the school, then they're just going to go to the streets. Making sure we have after-school programs. Making sure we have arts. Making sure we have proper curriculum. I talked about civic engagement, right? We, 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 we Black history is not <laughs> even taught in schools um, uh, the correct way. Mm-hmm. Um Financial, uh, teach kids to be financially literate, right? Uh, stock, credit, let me, uh, life let me back, tools. Let me back yeah. you up a little bit. Go ahead. Um, explain, uh, expound a little bit on the black history piece. Yeah, so, you know, uh, of course, this was uh, a piece of legislation that passed 
um, a couple of de- decades ago, uh, but it, it hasn't really been enforced <laughs> in mm-hmm. schools. And um, I think most kids are just taught slavery, right? They're, they're only taught about um, our bad times in history. They're not really taught, um, you know, uh, real black history. They don't really know who they are. Let me just yeah. say that, yeah. right? So we don't know who we are. Who are we? Where do we come from? How do we get here, right? Mm-hmm. Who are our ancestors? You know, and 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 just going going from there on down history is what needs to happen um, um, for you know uh, those colored uh, uh, kids around the city because um, if you don't know who you are, you don't know where you're going, and and I think that's important uh, to know what your ancestors went through and, and how you got here and, and just your history um, because that's been stripped from us uh, over time. And, and, and so we, 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 that needs to be figured out. So yeah, I'm, with you. <laughs> um, I'm sure you know. So uh, uh, making sure that, that, that schools and all communities around the, the city are on a level playing field. Um, so that's another thing. Making sure we have wellness centers, right? Uh, I rebranded mental health to wellness. So not just psychiatry, but karate, but boxing, yoga, uh, massage therapy, a, a place where you can get well fully, you know, for those who have mental health problems, because half of people killed by police have a mental health problem. You know, mm-hmm. that's a, a, a large number. But then making sure the police department has a relationship with the community, but they're serving first and they understand the communities that they're serving, right? So that means officers coming out of the academy doing a certain number of community service hours in that district that they're serving before they do, um, uh, before they start patrolling. So building a relationship with the police department that's going to make sure we, but we're going to have to make sure we have accountability too. Um, So that that all of those things intertwine, I I think, um, reduces violence, making sure that we have jobs. Um, uh, making sure that we have affordable housing, making sure that we have great schools, wellness centers, um, and making sure the police department is serving the community so that there could be some type of relationship and people would like to talk to the police and help to lower that clearance rate, um, which would also reduce violence. So yeah. some of those those things would go into okay. that. Uh, that is interesting. Uh, um, I, I think that the point about the police being uh, reactionary, I think yeah. – uh, you know, they show up after something has happened. Uh, and I think that's that's really important considering when we talk about violence and the root causes of violence. Yeah. Uh, there was an article in uh, 2016 which um, basically said it was about 47%, almost 50% of young African-American men yeah. in city were unemployed yeah. and and not in school. Yeah. Highest uh, here in the co- than in a, around the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Higher mm-hmm. than L.A. and New York, yep. anywhere yep. else. So... Uh, that definitely has to be, that has to be at the root. Uh, definitely, yeah. To see how this and violence, it has it has a ripple effect. Yep. Right. So, um, yeah. So, uh, did you have anything else you want to add to that? No. Go ahead. Okay. I mean, you're, you're hitting spot on, and and they can. When you talk about creating jobs and attracting economic engines, mm-hmm. you know, you you you, uh, we give incentives to these businesses, just like Amazon, we give them billions and billions of dollars of incentives to to come here. Right. When we're bringing these corporations into these communities, we have to require them to do something too. All right, so we're going to require you to hire at least fifty one percent of the people from this community. Right, right. Uh, we're going to require. Um, um, uh, uh, you to have an employee stock option, which they'll be able to own a share in this in this company that's in the neighborhood. Uh, we're going to make sure that we have fair contracts, and um, in those contracts or those um, MBEs or, or whomever, we're going to we want you to get a, a certain number of of people from that community to work on that contract with you and, right. and, and allow them to help rebuild their own communities, whether that is we're, we're rebuilding, investing in houses or we rebuilding uh, and investing into those abandoned schools or into those new corporations that we're tracking to the neighborhood. I think all of that is entwined and how we can create jobs and give them an opportunity to get off of the street and make uh, some sustainable income. Yeah. Now, with regard to with regard to schools, uh, Chicago Public School System uh, and its board, um, mm-hmm. and it elected. came under the. <laughs> all right, he cut me off at the pass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm going to ask again, so you can say it again. Uh, where do you stand on the uh, Chicago uh, uh, board, public school system board? Yeah, it needs to be elected uh, fully. I uh, need to be a fully elected board. Um, 
comprised of you know retired teachers, parents, um, you know people around around the city, you know, and um, at least fourteen districts. Um, and but we got to make sure. I mean, we, that needs to happen, you know, right. because we need a board that's not beholden to the mayor's office. Mm-hmm. We need a board that is um, going to fight for everyday needs for teachers and uh, for students. And uh, I think that's important. So we need an elected school board. Right. Well, and let me go back to the to the students. Yeah. And um, and, and and our children, that they're in school to learn something. Right. Some mm-hmm. will matriculate into higher education uh, and others. Uh, don't have the same options that were available to their parents' generation, which was being able, being able to get a a trade while in school. There you go. Um, what where do you stand on on bringing those types of programs to make sure that they're a part of uh, the educational track? So I think it's key. Um, <clears throat> I actually have a triangle initiative that I presented with kids coming out of high school. That we had to go to community college, trade school, and entrepreneurial boot camp at the expense of the city. And all they got to do is community service. So you get to pick one way to go. You get to pick, all right, I'm going to college to go be a doctor and whatever, or I'm going to, tra- going to trade school, and you're going to have access to those trade jobs that are empty because we're going to be part, those schools will be partnered with, it's a lot of them that are empty. Yeah. They'll be partnered with those corporations. Or you want to go to learn how to open up your own business, which is something that I did at 15. And I had to put put my business in my mama's name. So, um, <laughs> you know, I believe that we keep forcing uh, college down students' throat. I think we need to have um, some type of counseling in school um, when they're coming out to actually talk about where they actually want to go and put them on a path there. And this triangle initiative would give them three routes to go you know want to go to college because you need a degree you can do it for free and all you got to do is community service for nonprofits. that's our, our need it's nonprofits and um uh, uh, uh different organizations in the city that needs a lot of help you have a lot of students that are taking advantage of this program that will be able to help and that will reduce costs for a lot of nonprofits uh, around the city too yeah yeah as uh, as the midwest uh, and other places, and, and even uh, in, in, uh, out east, uh, have deindustrialized. You know, we've lost manufacturing centers, lost, yep. uh, and this had a, it's been a, a trickle down effect. I agree, um, and it's you know it's caused blight. Definitely. So uh, I definitely think that having those skills is one thing, uh, and then I also would like to ask because uh, you mentioned that you know you, you started your first business at, at fifteen, yeah. putting your mother's name. Yeah. Um, entrepreneurship is that Key. something also? that you believe can uh, can be fostered through the educational system. Definitely. Um, it's key. Well, me as the mayor, would, it would definitely be just because of who I am. Um, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm a person that believes that we have to start create, we have to start producing. Um, and especially in minority communities, we're, you know, a majority of us are consumers we need more builders. We need more business owners. We need more entrepreneurs. We need more of those to create tech. You know, those, you know, we we need the new creators of tech. Um, but that's going to have, uh, that's going to require leadership that understands that, uh, has programs for that, uh, make sure that there's access to capital as well, because I think that's key. A small business department that walk through those small businesses and lower the loopholes and fees and make sure that uh, they can open up shop. Um, but like you just said, in our education system, it's going to be key to not just force college, 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 mm-hmm. but also talk about other options because we, we want to be a progressive city. And so... Being a progressive city is going to uh, require us to empower those to create, empower those to create the new tech, the app, or the, the be the new Elon Musk's of the world right. and create the new O'Hare bullcrap expansion <laughs> um, and, and the cars to get the O'Hare 15 minutes. Anyway, but we need those new <laughs> we need those new creators and we got to foster that in the school system. Okay. Uh, Radio Slime family, if you are just tuning in, our guest tonight is Jamal Green, uh, entrepreneur, activist, Chicago mayor candidate. We're going to take a short break, and when we return, we will continue our conversation. This is Radio Slime. We're on WCEV 1450 AM. The Syrian Community Network. With offices nationwide, serves its Chicago area clients from its Northside location, 
located at 5439 North Broadway. They provide housing, social services, education, basic human needs, and food security. The Syrian Community Network has Arabic-speaking staff and is a partner organization of the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. You can get more info by calling area code 872-806-0141. That's area code 872-806-0141 or by visiting their website at syriancommunitynetwork.org. And now we have an eight-year-old on the line. Welcome to Our World Today. What's your question? Our continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface, meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically adapts to environmental conditions. So why do I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to mypyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. When Dad needed help getting around, I became his driver. Soon enough, it was up to me to be his housekeeper and financial manager, too. When he moved in, I became his cook and even his nurse. But no matter what roles I play, I know I'm still his daughter. We understand the roles you play. So to help, we created aarp.org caregiving, where you can connect with experts and other caregivers. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Would your business survive a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency, and 40% of businesses that experience a disaster never recover. Make an emergency plan now before it's too late. For a free online tool that helps you develop an emergency plan to keep your business up and running should disaster strike, visit ready.gov forward slash business. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the American Red Cross, and the Ad Council. Hey, Mom, why is the sky blue? Why don't animals talk? Why do dogs have wet noses? Why is an 11 pronounced 21? Kids ask a lot of questions. Why do I have a belly button? But you don't have to know every answer. Why is the ocean salty? Because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Why are there 50 states? There are thousands of children in foster care who don't need every question answered. Why is pizza round? They just need you. For more information on how you can adopt, go to AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq el and we are still broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming at WCEV1450.com. Uh, Radio Islam family, remember you can keep up with us by following and liking our pages on social media. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Tune in, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud at Radio Islam USA. All right, our in-studio guest tonight is Jamal Green. He's a Chicago mayoral candidate. He's a candidacy was announced about four months ago. He's an entrepreneur, um, uh, activist. Uh, you may have seen him on uh, any number of news outlets. Uh, he was also the surrogate uh, selected by uh, Senator... Um, Wow, did I just have Bernie a Sanders. did I just have a straight moment? <laughs> <laughs> I did. This is yeah. what happens. You talk all the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just just zone out in the middle of your <laughs> of your statement. But anyway, yeah. So um, you had quite uh, you have packed quite a bit in, yeah. uh, packed quite a bit in, and uh, so I, I want to start first by uh, asking, and, and then we'll get back into some of the city things. But I want to first start by asking, and I'm sure you've been asked this quite a bit to the point where you're like, okay, is that it again? Uh, what is your what does age mean to you? Because I know there's a lot made of of your age, being 22 years old, hmm. uh, that there is somewhat of a novelty in hmm. that uh, just inherent just in, in the number itself. But in talking to you, hearing, you know, hearing you talk about the issues and hearing you uh, present um, ideas on policy and different perspectives that that span well beyond simply just, um, you know, amalgamation of years, you hmm. know, uh, that uh, so. It, the the age thing doesn't really it starts to kind of fade away, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but what does age mean to you, if anything? Well, you know, every movement in this country from the beginning of the time, even go back to our founding fathers, 
um, who I disagree with on some things, of course. But <laughs> I'm with you. they were um, young. They were in their 20s. You know, every movement in this country, even from civil rights movement, were led by young people. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what age means to me is that, you know, we think different and we're the innovators um, of society. And a lot of times people add, uh, well, equate age with experience. You know, if we want to look at experience, we can look at uh, experienced politicians of our time and we can see that experience does not mean that you're going to make the best decision, uh, best decision for for residents in your district or city or state. And um, we can look at that with Rahm Emanuel, you know, who worked under the Clintons, worked under Obama, um, and now as mayor, you know, is, you know, makes the worst decisions possible and makes so many bad deals and um, treats people any kind of way. Um, so his experience means nothing. It's a, you know, what qualifies you as a candidate is somebody who is understanding of the issues, but somebody who takes the time to listen, um, someone who doesn't mind being a second, a smartest person in a room, um, and surrounds himself around a team of people who um, are experts in the field that they, that they are in. And, and Henry Ford said it best back when they wanted to call him ignorant is, you know, I got a machine at my office and any expert I want, I can press one button and they'll walk in a room. And that's how smart I am. Yeah. Um, and you're only smart, smart as the people around you. And, uh, you know, so that, that's me in this campaign and in this <laughs> will be in my administration. Okay. All right. Uh, for, for you readers out there, uh, Raiders on Family readers, I want to give you a, a plug on a book because that what you just said, uh, there's a book called The 20, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John C. Maxwell. Mm. And what you're talking about is the law of the lid. Yeah. Right. You cannot rise above those around you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, keep this. Yeah, great, great point. Great point. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, Chicago is a diverse city. Um, yeah. It's a diversity, and and the uh, with the uh, with 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 gentrification uh, yeah, taking place, we we've seen more of uh, the African American community uh, leave for the the suburbs, yeah. uh, south suburbs in, in particular. Um, but but still, still a diverse city. So we know that Segregate. there are issues. Yes, now that's the other issue, right? Yeah. So we're right. diversity, but we're also a segregated, segregated city. Yeah. And I've I've said this before that. Uh, that's code to say that we're a city of neighborhoods. Yeah. All right. But still, being the mayor means that you're the mayor for all of those neighborhoods, right. for all of those people, right? Mm-hmm. So we have some issues that are overlapping. Okay. Um, uh, and, and some that are specific to, to communities. How do, you, how do you see yourself addressing those overlapping issues? And, yeah. and what would you say those are? Well, uh, you know... Uh, so many issues, you know, in <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. There's a lot of overlapping issues. Yeah. I think it's it's going to be just about prioritizing what what matters and making sure that everyone has a, a fair shot of uh, whether that is a great community or whether it is staying in their home, right, or whether it's staying right. where they are accustomed to or where, or where they were in their community and not being pushed out. So, you know, it's going to be making sure that we push for policies that matter to them, you know, whether that is making sure that we have affordable housing um, in, in all communities around the city of Chicago, making sure that we have some form of rent control. Um, so, you know, when property values increase or when development comes, their, you know, their owners won't be able to push them out with a, a high increase in rent that they won't be able to afford. Um, and, and so uh, I think that's going to be key as well. Everyone deserves a fair shot. You know, my I'm, I'm, I, I want to see Chicago and we're, we're Taylor two cities and we're very segregated. We have to figure out ways and new ideas on how we're to bring the city together. Mm-hmm. How do we create inclusive communities that uh, make communities diverse? Because we lose a lot of money. You know, we lose um, a report came out that we lose a half a billion dollars a year. Um, um, just because we're, you know, segregated, right? We can be making so much more money um, with diverse uh, communities, um, but it's going to be making sure that everyone can have affordable housing, rent control, access to capital to buy their homes um, if they don't own it. Uh, All these different things are key. So uh, I think it's more addressing it from the top and, and coming down. 
Right, right. I understand. I understand. Um, as far as, uh, and I'll ask a, a question that is not just about the Chicago Muslim community, uh, yeah. And I would say even in, in to kind of qualify or give a little bit of context to this, yeah, um, there are over 400,000, reportedly over 400,000 Muslims yeah. in the Chicagoland area. Um, but just like the population of Muslims throughout the country, uh, it is a diverse composition. Now, right. that, that composition, um, uh, I think there's a Pew uh, uh, research report that showed that about 33%, 30% of that population are African-American. Um, right. Now, but then also you have the, you know, you have uh, Arab and, and South Asian, uh, Latinx, yeah. um, Bosnian, you know, you have quite a, quite a, a, a we, we, we have the, the most diverse religious um, constitution or, or, or group yeah. in the United States of America. Right. So there are a lot of issues that come up, but I'm going to pull out one. And one of those issues is uh, with regard to immigration uh, and Chicago being uh, an city. asylum, a sanctuary city. Okay. Um, how how do you approach that? What is your what, what is your stance on that as, as mayor? What would that be? Well, let me let me just say that Harold Washington was a huge inspiration to me, uh, mm-hmm. and I think um, a big inspiration during his campaign and of course in my administration. He was one who who did what was unpopular back when in, in the eighties when he was mayor, and he made this city. The first sanctuary city in the Midwest, mm-hmm. all right, um, and and people had to follow Chicago, and he wanted to be the first to do it. Um, I, I will follow in those footsteps, honestly. Um, I think that um, there should be a sanctuary city, but not just um, for you know politics, right? So Rahm Emanuel says he's he's for a sanctuary city, but it's more political, right? And um, there are still. Res, uh, you know resources that the city is possibly giving uh, ice to help you know going mm. to these communities um, and so what, what my my idea of a sanctuary city is a city who does not um, uh, uh, help out um, ice in any way shape or form who uh, you know uh, doesn't have you know for instance this gang database right um, that that's in the city that that is huge and the um, Hispanic community, especially for undocumented citizens, but it's for all of us, you know, because we're, you know, even black communities are on this gang database um, right. and which they'll just grab anybody, whether it's a brother of a gang member or a mother or, you know, and just throw them on this gang database and say they're gang affiliated. Mm-hmm. Um, and this gang d- database um, will allow ICE. Uh, they, they give that information to ICE and ICE will be able to uh, track them down. And so that gang database would be uh, over with under my administration um, immediately. Um, and we would not help ICE at all um, with any of their um attempts to you know take you know go and find people okay all right now chicago is a is a global city mm-hmm. uh and uh aside from the relationships that chicago has with uh you know uh, internationally mm-hmm. uh but is also a leading city as a matter of fact uh, some have said that chicago sets the sets the stage or the standard for yeah. uh so many of our industries in particular education and, and so forth um how do you see yourself working with other uh, other mayors across uh, the country. Yeah, um, I have a lot of relationships actually with a lot of mayors around the country. <laughs> um, let me say that, okay. um, and I think it's going to be key to work alongside them in different issues. But like I said, we need to set the standard, right? So um, there are a lot, you know, for instance, my great friend of mine is Mayor uh, Baraka in Newark, New Jersey. You yeah. know. Um, we 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 have to have a relationship with other mayors because a lot of them have some ideas that we may be able to take right you know cincinnati is um uh, took the progressive model that madison did um in regards to the lead and water right and unleashed a uh, a, a a platform on how you know they're going to be replacing all service lines over the next 15 years we are not we do not have a progressive solution 
that affects uh, that that actually talks about our lead pipes, and we got three hundred and sixty thousand service lead uh, pipes in the city of Chicago. So we don't have a plan for that. So other cities, we we're going to need to work with those mayors and say, hey, we want to develop a model off of yours. You may be a bigger city. Um, we want to uh, take some tips off of your 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 model that you've already presented. And other mayors, I think, will do that with us. Um, and and I think we should have a a joint uh, partnership and uh, of course I'll be in conferences with other mayors and actually talk about ideas on how to move to this country forward um, not just you know our prospective city so right. now speaking of our of our country this nation um, this it's just a new cycle of distraction but yeah. just in dealing with the uh, with the federal government because I know there are certain there are certain funds that are made available to municipalities yeah. Yeah. Uh, with respect to their cooperation. Yeah. Um, how is there is there a a strategy or is that something that you would kind of have to work out to to get around? Not you know say I'm not going to help <laughs> ICE out, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't help ICE out, then, then the AG says no you don't yeah, get these federal dollars. I know, right? I know. Um, that's something that we're just going to have to take. Um, I think we might have take, taken that a little bit now, um, but um, we're going to have to fill that gap, whether that is through state dollars or whether that is new progressive sources of revenue, uh, whether, that, you know, uh, legalizing cannabis, you know, or insurance on police officers. Like, we have to be innovative in our ideas to create sources of revenue um, to bridge that gap when we have a president you know, like this or an administration who don't agree with what we're doing as a city and uh, decides to take federal dollars away. So um, I think it's just going to be important to run this city as a business model uh, and make sure that we're able to, um, um, you know, suffer that gap um, that we could occur. So I think that that, that is what's going to be key. Now, when you, you talk about or you just mentioned police and it just made me made me think about the police as the uh, fraternal order police as a as a union as a, as a very proud <laughs> yes as an as a activist and ag- advocacy yeah. uh, arm for police officers mm-hmm. um, is there a point where the relationship with them is one that is not just in not just what is in the, their interest but what is in the interest of the communities that they serve and exactly. I think as a as a uh, I don't want to say as an observer, I'll yeah, say yeah. often the feeling that I get is one that they're not it's not so much a, a concern about the community, not but more all. about let's just close ranks. Right. So and, and that's the problem. I think FOP has they're one of the biggest unions in this country and yeah. they are very, very powerful. And you know, from lobbyists, from the money that they spend, uh, I mean, uh, they, they buy politicians left and right, which gives them that power that they have. I would be a mayor who would, you know, be fighting for communities all over the city of Chicago first and negotiating these contracts. So the FOP has such a, a strict uh, contract that really benefits more the police officers in the department more than it does the community. And we have to balance that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is, you know, it's all in negotiation. So if we want something, then they want something. We want, so it, it's just going to – I'm going to have the political courage to uh, go head on with the Fraternal Order Police to change some of these policies and this and the FOP contract, which protects police uh, officers in their wrongdoing. So um, – yeah, it, it's just going to take a fight. Talk to us a little bit about corporation. Well, not, not corporation council. Talk, talk to us a little bit about um, oversight, um, yeah. civilian oversight yeah. of the police. How um, uh, we were supposed we'll be having the uh, inspector general on, I think, in, in a week or so. Okay. Right. Um, but talk to us a bit about that. We, we need it. Uh, we need <laughs> independent civilian oversight of the police department. Um, COPA's garbage. Uh, it would be taken out the first day in office. Police board is also garbage, which was headed up by Lori Lightfoot, by the way. Uh, anyway, that 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 needs to be taken away as well. Um, we need um, a, a different board, and and I'm in favor of a board where people police police. Um, uh, people police police is a platform that uh, a piece that, that I presented. 
um, in, in which it would be different community members or um, lawyers or doctors or nurses or people that specialize in certain fields. So you have experts as well as civilians to sit on the board and actually have authority to fire or uh, recommend um, uh, different policy changes. Um, and they will be independent of the mayor's office. So uh, we need something like that. Uh, I'm continuing to listen to uh, other uh, ordinances that people are rallying for. Uh, CPAC is one of them. Uh, they have another one, a uh, gap one, which one is a little more attached to the mayor. But uh, I, I'm continuing to listen on that. Uh, but definitely, IPRA, uh, and it, was, it was a pronounced COPA. Right. They just changed the acronym, basically. Right. Same thing. COPA and police board would go under my watch immediately and would, would be replaced with an independent oversight committee. Okay. So what, what I'm what I'm hearing, and uh, let me know if I'm, if I'm processing what you're saying um, correctly, that your model seems to be one that uh, establishes, um, that, that gives autonomy to uh, agencies or, or boards uh, that work on behalf of the, the community yeah. and not necessarily where the mayor, because mayors change, yeah. right? Where it's not necessarily just the mayor yeah. being over that because, you know. Exactly, yes. Okay, all right. Now, is that a model? Um, what is what has brought you to that uh, to, to to that um, stance? Well, I mean, because uh, the mayor is a dictator. Uh, <laughs> mayor Emanuel is essentially a dictator uh, in the city of Chicago, and while he can act like people have control in these departments, they really don't. All right. Politics plays a part in everything. And so if you appoint everybody in COPA, you appoint everybody on the police board, you appoint everybody on a, a, a school board, you appoint the superintendent, you appoint the, of, of education, of, of the police, every, in every department and any political decision that's made, they have to check with you. They have to make sure you're happy because if you're mad, then you can find a way to just fire them and put somebody else in place. And they're trying to keep their job. And so too much politics are played when it comes to justice um, and all the different other, you know, uh, education and everything else. So we need something that's independent of the mayor where the mayor can't say, why did you make this decision? I'm going to fire you. Or calling his friends and say, hey, Lori, which he did a lot, uh, don't prosecute this uh, or don't um, 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 recommend this officer to be fired. You know, that, that type of politics should not happen. And the mayor would deny it all day, but we know that it happens. And, and when someone is in a position that goes against him, they automatically will be on their way out. So that, that got to change. Okay, so let me give the opposite side. And I, I understand exactly what you're saying, but let me give the, the opposite or the, the, the right, and that is to set the tone of uh, right. Your administration would have a, you know, you have an agenda. Um, how do you establish accountability or to make sure that everybody is still on the same page, um, with uh, without being able to say, okay, look, um, I'm looking at what you're doing, but you're not you're not meeting the standard. Is is there a trade off? Is it or, or is it simply saying that? Uh, there's a trust that the people that are in those positions are going to do the job and not fall victim to the, um, yeah, you right, know, to right. the politics that seems to. Right. I think it's dependent on how we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, just like an elected school board that actually uh, moves accountability from the mayor's office to the people. Right. And so they're going to be held accountable by somebody, I think. But it's about how we do it. If it's a, if it's elected, um, then those very people, you know, have to hold them accountable in those positions or put somebody else in power. Um, so um, we got to look at that. And if, if there is an organization that is passed through the city council that takes over that, then the city council, um, I think, is going to have to hold them accountable um, you know, for what they do. So it's, they're going to be held accountable by somebody. It's just about how we do it, or how we put that um, model in place for the city. So this goes back, this goes, this ties directly into civic uh, engagement 
yeah. uh, participation yeah. and education. Yeah. Uh, for an electorate to be uh, to be effective, they must be engaged. Must be engaged. So yeah. So I mean, because it does no does no good to have an elected school board or, or a elected um, oversight um, committee or any of these things and not have the people that they are supposed to serve, you know, <laughs> saying you're accountable. Yep. So I okay. So I, I think that was a that's that's a very uh, very salient point. Uh, so so what's on what's on your agenda now because. Um, how, how busy have the past four months been? Oh. <laughs> um, so it's, it's been about three, uh, some change. Um, it's been very busy. It's I think now it's getting way, way, way busier. Uh, Fourteen-hour days, uh, and the camp tra- campaign trail being all over the city of Chicago. We're running an all-city race, um, but being focused on uh, our goals. Uh, of course, lots of interviews. Um, I was on the front cover of Team Vogue and. Um, a lot, a lot of big, big, big deals happening as well in the campaign, but that I can't say yet. But uh, <laughs> a lot of fundraising um, yeah. and um, you know meeting with donors and making sure we align our interests with the right people. But a lot of regular people are, are donating every day, just you know five, twenty, thirty dollars, and it's adding up. And 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 I really appreciate them for that. So it's been a lot of work, I tell yeah. you, and uh, we got a lot of work to do. Well, it's been a pleasure having you. Um, I, I've really, uh, I've enjoyed the conversation, getting to to, to hear you where, you, where you're yeah. at. I appreciate um, it. And why don't you tell the Radio Slam family where they can find you on social media, where can, they can get more information about your campaign, all that yeah. good stuff. So you can get more information about my campaign at greenforchicago.com. It's green as a color, F-O-R, Chicago.com. Um, on Facebook and Twitter, uh, well, Facebook, J Mall Green, it's J A apostrophe capital M A L Green as the color. Um, Twitter, Instagram, J A Y M A L Green verified. Uh, you'll be able to find me if you just search my name. And if you want to stop by our campaign office at 1521 West 87th Street, um, 1521 West 87th Street off of 87th and Ashland. Um, and you can call us at 312-725-0350. Okay. Thank you again. Thank All you right. so much for having me. All it's right. Great. It's been a pleasure. All right, Radio Sound family. Uh, that was J. Maul Green, Chicago mayoral candidate. And... Uh, we're going to close out now because, as, as I said at the beginning, uh, this hour goes by really quickly. So now we want to thank our engineer over at WCEV, Ramon. Thank you for making sure we come through loud and clear. We thank our engineer in studio, the impressive one, assistant producer Ibrahim Baig. I'm your host and producer Tariq Alameen. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and our guests are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. And with that, good people, we're going to leave you now as we greeted you. Uh, oh, well, before we leave you, Check us out tomorrow, right? We'll be back tomorrow. So now we're going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.